Hello, as Andy said, if you've joined this church in the past three months, uh, I'm Luke, I'm one of the leaders here, and well done for joining a church in a very strange time. And it's great to be back, it's great to look at God's word together. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read uh, from verses 10 to 13 and then verse 17. And Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm." And then he lists a number of uh, armor pieces, weapons of, uh, of God, and he, and he concludes with this. He talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And this is the Word of God. In chapter 4 of Matthew's account of the life of Jesus, we find Jesus in the wilderness. It's the badlands. It's where the wild things are. He is far from home. And he hasn't eaten a thing for 40 days. He's been fasting. He hasn't spoken to another human being. Uh, He has just been uh, communing with God and thinking and praying about what is about to begin. He's about to launch his public ministry. And in this place of of physical uh, difficulty and emotional challenge, he's on the cusp of something that he knows is going to cost him his life. In this moment of of almost decision and of preparation and high pressure, the devil appears. I wonder how you respond when you're tired, weary, already under pressure, and then something else comes along. All of us have been experiencing that recently, haven't we? Even if your life felt fairly okay uh, back in February time, you're now like, I have more than enough going on. The moment something else happens, what on earth am I supposed to do with that pressure? Anything else is too much. That's how we feel often at the moment. Well, the devil wants to get at Jesus right at that moment where he's just like, this is, I'm about to take on the hardest thing that anyone has ever done. And then the devil comes in and says, why? Just like, I want to ruin that. Can I get in the way of it? Can I uh, undermine it somehow? And he does that by tempting Jesus. He questions Jesus' identity. He says to him, well, if you're the son of God, as in, are you really the son of God? He wants to get Jesus to doubt God's love and care for him. He says, throw yourself down uh, from a great height and see if he catches you. See if he really does care for you. He attacks Jesus' weakness. He knows how hungry he is. And so he says, why don't you turn those stones into bread? He promises Jesus a shortcut to success. He says, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world if you do what I want. And he twists the meaning of scripture to sow confusion. What will Jesus do in this moment? Is he going to fail like everyone else before him? Is he going to have seemed like he might be the answer, but oh no, he's just like everyone else and makes mistakes. No, he doesn't do that. He resists the temptation. He wins the spiritual battle. But how does he do that? Because, of course, he's Jesus, so he's got divine power. He could, I don't know, he could, he could transport himself safely away from where the devil was in a moment. Uh, he could call down a crowd of mighty singing angels to drown out uh, the devil's insinuations. Uh, he could burst forth in glorious light so that the darkness has to flee. 
He could say when his identity is uh, being challenged, he's like, well, don't you remember my baptism a couple of months ago? Um, the, the father split heaven open and shouted down to the whole earth how much he loved me. Or when the devil says, does God really love you? And is this plan really going to work? He could say, well, I've got to be honest with you, we've been working on this since before time began, so I am confident in it. He could, uh, he could have done all sorts of other things that were spectacular and glorious and unique to him. But he didn't. Three times Satan questions Jesus. Three times he puts alluring temptations in front of him. And three times Jesus responds, it is written. Jesus uses the word of God. And by using the word of God, he triumphs. And at that moment, not only does he win a victory for us in that he remains pure and perfect so he can rescue us, but he also shows us how to use a weapon that he wants us to use. See, if he had used all those amazing things that only he as God could have done, we would have admired this moment, we would have been thankful for this moment, but we could never have copied this moment. But instead, Jesus uses what he then gives us, the word of God. As we conclude our series on spiritual warfare, looking at the challenges that we face and the grace that God gives his people, we are going to look at what Paul calls in Ephesians 6, 17, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. This weapon, the Bible, and the message of this book is absolutely vital if you are to survive the immense pressures of the pandemic. And then I know most of us at the moment are kind of thinking, but once that finishes, vaccine or whatever, when that comes, then we'll be okay. But that's nonsense because life was really hard beforehand, wasn't it? And it's going to be until you die and until Jesus comes back. So as extra hard as this is, and of course it is, you are always going to need the sword of the Spirit. You are always going to need the Word of God because you are always in this life going to be under the pressure and the opposition that Paul described for us so vividly in Ephesians 6. And this, this weapon's really helpful because there's so many things that we've had taken away from us at the moment. There's so many things that we've suffered the loss of and those are good things and those are ways in which that God blesses us. Uh, community, actually seeing one another, uh, physical touch, uh, singing together, taking bread and wine. All of these things are means that God gives to do us good. But we're left at the moment, aren't we? What have we got? We've got the Word of God. All of us still have access to that. If you're watching this, you have access to the Word of God. And we have the Spirit of God. And I think one of the things God is doing at the moment is He's removing so much, even of stuff that is good, so that we learn to rely on that which is most life-giving. And the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, is one of those things. I want to persuade you of your need for it today. I want to help you realize how much you need it and how much you need to get skillful in using it. And I'm going to share a little bit of how I do that. And then I want to encourage you to make 2021 the year in which you grasp the sword of the Spirit like never before. So wherever you are and whatever you think about God's word at the moment, why don't you pray with me that that would happen? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you overcame the devil. We thank you uh, that you did so, so gloriously and we're saved. If we put our trust in you, we're saved because of that. And now, Lord Jesus, as we face these pressures, as we face these difficult things, as we face these struggles, we say, please help us to take hold of what you have given us to battle in these days. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears. Even right now, Holy Spirit, would you be just giving fresh faith to people that your word, the word that you wrote, is for them and is for victory. 
Oh God, help us with this, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, a sword at our side isn't the only image that the Bible gives us to help us understand what the Bible is and, and how it works. It's, uh, it's like food uh, that nourishes and grows us. It's like water that cleanses us. It's like rain that produces a harvest in our lives. It's like a seed that gets to work in us and grows and changes us. And it's like a lamp uh, that shows us how to walk in the ways that we should go. But the picture we're looking at today is that of the sword. And why does Paul use that? Why is that the image that he, uh, he, he gives us? And why does, he use, why does he use this phrase, the sword of the Spirit? I think he refers to the Spirit. Uh, and like I said, I feel this is a time where God's really emphasizing the word, word and the Spirit. And they are profoundly together because it's the Spirit who wrote the Word. He was the one who forged the sword, as it were, and who uh, led those who wrote the contents of the Bible down to write what they did. And the Spirit is also the breath of God. And the words that came from God come through the Spirit. So it's the sword of the Spirit. But why is it a sword? Well, I think the main reason Paul uses this is because that is an Old Testament idea. And there were probably Roman soldiers around Paul because he was in prison at the time. And maybe he noticed their sword. And that reminded him of this Old Testament idea. Actually, Andy earlier uh, read from uh, Isaiah 11, and the next thing that happens in Isaiah uh, 11, that, from what Andy was reading, was that um, it talks about Jesus having a rod coming out of his mouth. And then that idea is developed in Isaiah 49, verse 2, when it says that Jesus would have a sharp sword coming out of his mouth. The power, the authority, the decisiveness of a sword is comparable to what happens when God speaks. And this image is picked up in the the book of Revelation, the last book of the whole Bible. Jesus appears, and again, there's a sword coming out of his mouth. And that's the kind of thing that when we read it, we think, why? That's a bit strange. And it does until we start thinking about, well, what usually comes out of Jesus' mouth? See, lots of things come out of my mouth. Some good things, some bad things, some completely uninteresting things, some mildly interesting things. And when when I quote the Bible, God's word comes out of my mouth. But Everything that Jesus ever says is literally the word of God. And so you you can't separate um, Jesus speaking and the word of God. They are together. And because of this decisive, powerful, penetrating image of a sword, it's, it's not even like Jesus has a sword in his hand. It's like it's just coming out of his mouth. He uses it so constantly. And then this idea continues in Revelation. Revelation 19 says of Jesus that from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. Those are the enemies of God. And it's this mighty, victorious, powerful sword that Jesus gives to you. Because remember, you are up against odds far greater than you can cope with. Yeah, that passage we read from Ephesians 6, it's petrifying, isn't it? Like, oh my goodness, I'm taking on like the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. I don't even know what they are, but they sound petrifying. Well, here's the great news. God doesn't leave you defenseless, nor does he leave you poorly equipped. He gives you the weapon which can overcome all enemies. Spiritual warfare is in so many ways a battle for the truth. Will you listen to and be ensnared in lies? Or will you believe and be set free by the truth? 
It's only the truth that sets us free. And the truth is found in the word of God. It's there that we see who we really are. And so when our identity is questioned, we can say, no, but God has said this about me. It's there who we see, that we see who God really is like and how he's worked through all of history and how he saved us at the cross and how he's going to bring all things about to a glorious conclusion. And so when the devil says, can you really trust God? You say, yes, whatever goes on in this particular circumstance, I don't know, but I know that God is going to bring uh, about a great victory and that he's good. And I know that Jesus died for me, so I know that God is good. I can bring my weaknesses and say, yeah, I do feel weak. Yeah, you're absolutely, and I'm accused. And it's like, those kind of challenges, you say, yeah, how do I deal with that? I can come to God because his word is full of weak people and full of people saying, Lord, help. And I'm not going to turn anywhere else, God, but to you. And his word helps me to do that. And I read his word and I can see what he is really saying. And so when false doctrines and just unhelpful biases or, 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 or just people having a wrong perspective on God's word or just emphasizing things unhelpfully, I can say, no, that's not right. Here's what God's word is really all about. That's what the sword of the Lord does for us. Given that this is the case, let's think about uh, what I've found to be a very common confession amongst Christians. They say, yeah, I don't read the Bible very much. And now, when we're kind of confessing that to one another, we might try and frame it to make us feel a little better. And we'll probably say something like this, I'm struggling to find time to read the Bible. That's how we'd do that, wouldn't we? Well, let's, let's just turn this idea around. Sometimes something is said so frequently that we just kind of accept that it's true, even though it's really unhelpful. Let's just turn this around. I'm struggling to find time to read the Bible, for example. Let me say it to you like this. Who are you that you don't need this? What is it about you that is so unprecedentedly special that you don't need to use what Jesus used in spiritual warfare and what he is giving you to use. Now, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to say that in a hard way because I want to jolt some of you out of your complacency. You're like, oh yeah, I just never get around to it. It's too important to think about it in that way. If you are better, and this is an easy thing to say, if you're better at watching box sets than reading the Bible, you are failing to put up a fight. And you are, your faith is just going to be taking a beating. Now, others of you, I know, have pressures over which you have little control. You're like, 2019 was bad enough. 2020, oh my goodness, how are you wanting me to do anything more than just breathe? But I want you to realize how necessary this is to you. Because those pressures are so great, because those challenges are so huge, you need to be able to defend yourself with the word of God. You need to be able to have this in your armory. And and just to mix up the other metaphors that we used earlier, this is like being starving hungry, and God says, well, his word is bread to you. It's like, yeah, I'm starving hungry, so I think I'll write a letter. You're like, no, that's that's not going to help. It's like, it's like being covered in mud and blood and saying, well, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll do a dance and that might make me clean. You're like, no, there's water to make you clean. That's how that works. And, and so to use our image that we're using today, it's like being in a battle and choosing to ignore the weapon that God Almighty has given you. Actually, it's not like that at all. It is that. That is exactly what it's like. 
to not read and get God's word in us when we are in spiritual warfare as we are is just, it's not even like surrendering. Now I know there are other reasons why we don't read the Bible. All of us find it hard, don't we? And it is sometimes pretty sharp, even to us as well. It cuts both ways. And, you know, if you're faced with a choice between scrolling through things on your phone that are expertly designed to kind of tickle your senses or read this, I know which one is going to be easier for most of us. Bible reading doesn't always deliver the instant gratification that we've kind of grown accustomed to receiving. And to be honest, sometimes we read it and we just think, I don't know what that means. And sometimes we read it and we think, I do know what that means. And I don't like it. And that's hard. So I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm just saying that it's essential. And we have got to get good at it. Now, in January, it will be 19 years since I started making daily Bible reading a non-negotiable part of my life. I'd been an enthusiastic Christian for a while, and I suddenly come up, came up against the realization that enthusiasm wasn't going to cut it. Enthusiasm was not enough for what it was like to actually be a Christian in the world. I needed more than a couple of good quotes, uh, you know, some songs that I liked, an inspiring preach to listen to every once in a while. I needed God's, God's word in my head and in my heart and in my hand. And so I started reading the Bible pretty much every day. And I want to show you a little video now which explains what I do uh, to make that happen most mornings. Oh, hello. This is where I do my morning Bible readings. My alarm goes off about half an hour before I know my kids are going to get up and it's on the other side of the room uh, from my bed so I have to get out of bed uh, to turn it off. I go and make a cup of tea for Deb and one for myself and then I come and sit here and I pray uh, just briefly that uh, two promises from the Bible that God would open my eyes, that I would see wonderful things in his word and that he would give me ears to hear uh, what he is saying to me today. And then I open my Bible. The Bible I use um, is a, a really nice version of the ESV Study Bible. As you can see, it's massive. Uh, so when we go on holiday, I take a smaller one with me. But uh, this is what I use most days. And I open it. I read a chapter of the Old Testament. And then I think about that. I pray about that. Uh, if there are things in there that I found a bit confusing, I'll, I'll maybe use the study notes that my Bible uh, has, which are really helpful. And uh, I, of, I also, I, I find it good to, uh, to write my thoughts down. So I'm journaling, so I always have notebooks with me. Uh, but I do that in, that, that helps just keep my mind uh, focused. Your mind might be different, but that's what I need. So I'll read a, a chapter of the Old Testament. And as I'm doing that, I'm, the questions I'm asking are, uh, what does this tell me about God? And there are lots of other questions I can ask uh, to help me answer that question. And secondly, how do I need to respond to what God's saying to me? Uh, through this reading today. So I do that with the Old Testament uh, chapter, and then I do it with the New Testament a chapter there as well. And, and I write those things down, and, and that, that's basically it. Uh, so this morning, uh, my Old Testament reading was Micah chapter 5. Uh, it's a Christmas passage. It's the one about uh, the, uh, the, the one from the line of David coming from Bethlehem. And it talks about Jesus uh, being the shepherd king. And so that reminded me of his care for me. 
uh, and of his authority, uh, not only over me, but over the whole world. So he's not just like a kind of a hopeful shepherd, he's a powerful shepherd. And I need to be reminded of those things day after day after day. So I thanked God uh, for that. And then my New Testament reading was 3 John. Uh, It's a very brief letter, uh, but he talks about giving thanks for his children who walk in the truth. He's a church leader and he's talking uh, not not about biological children, but about the family of God. And so I I prayed uh, for people who I have cared for, my own children, uh, but also um, other ones that I've been responsible for, that they would be walking uh, in the truth of God. Now, I tend to actually to do that kind of praying at a separate time, a little bit later after everyone's up and just before I get started with work. Uh, But today I felt the passage lead me to that. So I really wanted to respond in prayer to that. So that's it. That's my morning Bible reading routine. Now, that might might not seem a particularly spectacular thing to do, and it often doesn't feel necessarily spectacular. But what happens in that moment is that God gives me the grace I need to live for him that day. He reminds me of things I've forgotten. He challenges me about things that I'd rather ignore. And he gives me the strength and the encouragement that I need to live for him that day and to fight the fight of faith. And because this is, has been life-changing for me, but it's also the testimony of millions of Christians around the world and throughout the centuries, I want to encourage you to make 2021 the year that you read God's word. And to help you do this, uh, we have put together a reading plan. I remember a teacher at school, uh, I was like 13, this was a long time ago, and he said, uh, failing to plan is planning to fail, which is so lame, but also true. So if, you, if you're like, no, no, I don't need a plan, it's like, that means you have one, it's a bad one. So I want to encourage you, make a plan, we've got a plan for you, and our plan takes you all the way through the New Testament and all the Psalms in a year, and it takes you through a third of the Old Testament. Uh, We're actually in the third year of this plan, so this will be like the back end of the Old Testament, which will be some books that you probably haven't read uh, before. And the way that works out on each day is that uh, during the week, five days of the week, uh, there's an Old Testament chapter to read, and there's a New Testament chapter to read, and then at the weekend, there's a Psalm on each day. Um, And I found this to be a very manageable amount. And it also means, and I think this is really helpful for Bible reading plans, it means if you miss a day or two, which you will, you aren't then staring up at this kind of impossible mountain of chapters to read through. So you miss a couple of days, like, okay, well, I can do that. I can, get, I can kind of get back up to speed and, and, and not kind of fall off and give up in February as usual. And, and so I think that's really helpful. Um, I also, I just like the fact that the weekend feels different. And we're at a time when any sense of pattern is helpful, isn't it? So many of our lives just feel like, I don't even know what month it is anymore. Um, and, and now it's, it's not even December, but there are Christmas things up. What's going on? You need some rhythm in your life. And, and I actually think this helps with that. We've made it a lot easier this year. We've put a lot of effort into making uh, it easier for you to access this plan. So you can download a printable version of it, uh, which you can print out uh, for yourself, which also has a bunch of extra guidance for you to read through and get tips on. You can subscribe to an online calendar uh, that can appear on your phone uh, or on your computer. Uh, You can follow newly set up social media accounts that will give you regular reminders uh, of what the readings are. 
And we're also increasing our levels of support for you throughout the year as well. So we've got loads of great resources to help you understand and or believe God's word because we know those are the two challenges. And so we've put a bunch of stuff. Some of the things are online. There's videos and talks and, and articles. And then some of you are going to want to go a bit deeper on this. And that's great. And so there are books uh, that you can buy and read that will help you with that as well. Again, our social accounts will keep putting up uh, inspiration and encouragement. And as you even share stuff uh, through social things, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll share those with other people as well so that people are blessed. I'm planning on producing kind of regular short videos that, that reflect on maybe some of the challenges of recent readings and look forward uh, to some of the things we'll be reading up next. And as you go through and you've got questions, uh, you might want to email me with those questions and some of them uh, might appear in the video. All of this is on the resources section of kingschurchedinburgh.org right now. So go to kingschurchedinburgh.org, it says resources, and it says Bible reading plan. It's all there for you. You can download the plan today, and you can get started on that. Um, And you can uh, obviously see all these links will be in the news email on Tuesday as well. And that's all really good, but I think this plan really flourishes when you start speaking to other people about it. Uh, we found over the last couple of years that uh, people have uh, groups of friends or small groups uh, have either made up you know, WhatsApp, set, WhatsApp groups for this or having other conversations, phone calls about it or as they're able to meet up with one another, uh, doing that kind of thing. It's so helpful to talk with each other because we can spur one another on. Uh, we can give each other um, help in learning about God's word and hearing from him and help with fighting. And when I was originally writing this, and I know when I, you know, someone introduces a plan, and you might already have a plan, I was going to say, hey, if you've already got your own pattern and plan right now, that's absolutely fine. Uh, that's brilliant, in fact. Keep going with it. And it is absolutely fine. And if you want to keep going with it, please, by all means, do. But if you are that kind of person, you could probably be a huge help to some other people who are going to try and do this for the first time. And they haven't done it before. And maybe you could keep doing the other reading that you do uh, and the other ways in which you do that but perhaps you could also apprentice some, uh, some novice sword fighters in the year to come. Just think how fruitful that would be for them as well as being a blessing for you. So if you want to get started on the 1st of January, now is the time to start. Get the plan, uh, look through the resources, choose the ones that you think are going to help you, and um, then make your plan. Yeah, think, how, do I, how am I going to do this? You might need to negotiate with some other people. You might need to uh, you know, change some things around to make this happen. But do it. We've seen, we've seen today how vital this is. Please do it. Maybe you need to put some things on your Christmas list to help you with this. Maybe you need a new edition of the Bible. Or you need a, a, a notebook. You're the kind of person who, you know, if you get some new things, that will really help you to do it. So a new notebook and pen, maybe. Or maybe you need a desk lamp. Or maybe you need a mug with an inspirational Bible verse written on it. That, I'm sure you'll be able to buy that somewhere. Maybe you need an alarm clock. If any of those things you're like, that would really help me, put it on your Christmas list and ask someone to get it for you. I'm not going to pretend that forming this habit is easy. And especially if you're a more spontaneous kind of personality. But if you want to spontaneously hear from God, if you want to be able to pray spontaneously and truthfully, if you want to be able to prophesy spontaneously and accurately, if you want to be able to fight the fight of faith at any moment using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the best thing you can plan, the best thing you can do is read God's Word every day and do that with others. Soldiers don't train because they want to. They train because they have to. As it happens, 
The more you get to read God's word, the more it will become a delight to you. And the more it becomes a delight to you, the more you'll want to read it and the sharper it will get in your hand in this fight. Let's pray that that will be our experience in the year to come. Lord Jesus, we love you for giving us this weapon. We love you that you've triumphed and now you put in our hand the very weapon you used. And you say to us, hold it, learn it, fight with it, believe it. Oh God, I pray for gifts of faith right now. I remember I was sitting in my bed and I thought, I've got to start reading the Bible. And it's changed my life. I pray for people wherever they are right now for whom this will be a new thing. Oh God, give them that grace to believe it right now. And in this time next year, whatever the circumstances are, I'll be like, the best thing that happened was that I learned to hear God's word and read God's word and fight with God's word. Oh God, make us a people who know your word, who love it, who bless others with it, and who are able to stand because they hold it and wield it. Thank you for this grace. Amen.